Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. my friends okay welcome to public showering and this is a very 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 special episode because it's the first of a few episodes we're going to be talking all about comms and i have some very very special guests coming up in the next few weeks but first first on the agenda we have the legend the pole wizard <laughs> <laughs> jacob Colasso. what was your name again jacob yeah. colesaw <laughs> Uh, ya- Jakob Kolsla, no. <laughs> I don't know about legend, but thanks. <laughs> you are you are for me, but yeah. How are you, my love? You okay? Uh, I am very good. Um, I definitely did not spend the whole day unshowered in my pajamas <laughs> playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and only popped this shirt on to seem like I'm an organized <laughs> So yeah. I've been sat here fresh like this all day, just waiting for this to happen. <laughs> you know what, though? I feel like you actually have been. Like, I've been, meanwhile, like, doing all of my daily things and just kind of like, hey, can you, can you just, can you just... Anyway, anyway. But I'm very, very excited to talk with you because, um, because I'm doing this mini-season all about comps. Like, I think it's very genuinely exciting to chat to you because anyway, I feel like we kind of... We, we formed a bit more of a friendship uh, in a comp. Like the first time I met you was when we did the um, Pole Theatre UK online not so comp, um, yes. which, <laughs> which you were um, hosting and stuff like that. So it's somehow like, apart from the one time we got to play in your beautiful studio in Leeds. Um, Thank you. Beautiful, it's gorgeous. Um, everyone should go, it's great. Um, <laughs> like the whole, the whole world of Pole exists in, in comp world, which in some ways is wonderful because it's like a unique part of our our lives, but it's also like mm-hmm. so many things are just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time, you are. So, but before we get into that meh, you're gonna tell me your entire life story in 90 seconds so the world can understand more about the ins and outs of your life, your soul, um, who you are, what you are, and why you do everything you do. Are you ready for that? How much, like, how much of my life am I tapping into? Are we sticking to dance? Or are we talking about my life life? It depends. I guess it's your pole life, but I mean, you were born somewhere. You've had some training before. <laughs> I was po- born somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. But you, yeah. got, you got 90 seconds to do that, yeah? Can, can, can I see it? Will you show me the timer so I know how much time I have okay. left? I talk very fast. <laughs> it's true. You do talk fast. Okay. Ready? 90 seconds to take your entire life story. Ready? Three, two, one. Go. So I was born in a small town in Poland called Ostrowicz Świętokrzyski, and when I was one, my family moved to the States where I lived for nine years, and then we moved back, and I've been here for over seven years now, which means that I basically sound like some kind of Canadian slash Irish hybrid, although I have absolutely nothing to do with that. I went to school, uh, I, di- I have a degree in business management, and I have a background in ballroom dancing, mainly Latin ballroom, and uh, I also trained other styles during my time doing ballroom, so I also did a lot of contemporary, I did whacking, I did a bit of voguing, I did a lot of other styles, but although I was all right 
right at all of them. I wasn't really that fantastic at any of them. And then came this one period where I kind of quit it because I had to support myself financially by myself and ballroom dancing is very expensive. So I couldn't do that on a waiter wage whilst also studying. So then I quit it. And six months later, I saw a video of Felix Kane on YouTube and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I'm going to do this. And then I went to my first pole dancing class as a joke and I absolutely loved it. And uh, a year later, I opened my own studio. Um, and then I closed that to move to the UK with my ex-partner. And now I have Leeds Pole Dance Studio here. And I did uh, a lot of like contemporary slash pole sport styles before. Uh, and then I just decided I wanted to be a hoe. So I put on some <laughs> heels and I started training in that. And then I just focused mainly on that. And then I did a lot of competitions in heels and I absolutely love it. And now uh, it's hard to recall the last time I was actually up on the pole besides my last training session with you. I actually learning new tricks. I just basically roll around the floor uh, and uh, yeah, five seconds to spare. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was outstanding. Blimey. Did you breathe at all in 90 seconds? Probably, probably not. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was incredible. It's, wow. Actually, I didn't know about your business degree though. I mean, that explains a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Oh my goodness me. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I, I might just leave that there. So much information in 90 seconds. <laughs> Blimey. Wait, so hold on. You opened your studio a year after you'd started Pole. Yes, yeah, so it all went uh, quite fast because obviously yeah. I had a, a dance background. So, and I know you'll know as a dancer that obviously you pick things up quite quickly because although maybe we don't have the upper body strength that you need for like really mm -hmm. advanced pole, we have the coordination, we have the lines, we understand movement. So we understand what it's like to copy a teacher and just follow <laughs> the, the movement patterns. Um, so yeah, you, you progress quicker than if you don't have anything, you know? Yeah. So I pretty much... Um, I was very lucky because the studio I started training in um, had what who would become in a few months uh, the Polish champion. So I was under very good uh, guidance. Her name is wow. Agata Jarzembowska. So I did a beginner's course there. I believe it was like six weeks. And then they pretty much said, oh, if you want to get really good, then we just drop the courses, start taking private lessons. So I started taking privates with like, Agata. They want some money. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that to all of my friends too. <laughs> it, it paid off though. It, it paid, paid off though. It's very true. To be fair, I've only done like a handful of group classes in my life. Like most of mine have been literally like exchanging between yeah. like friends, like dance for, for pole. So it actually just, mm. it does make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like training jams, like workshops. And then I, like I did all those private. So I did my first performance. It wasn't a competition. It was a performance like probably three months after my first lesson. Wow. And it was just like a studio showcase um okay. so i was like okay yeah i'll perform why not um <laughs> and then a couple months i think it must have been like about six seven months from my first lesson i did my first competition um it was the polish championships which i won because i was the only man in my category do you genuinely believe it is that though or like like what oh i wasn't fantastic like i was maybe i was uh, i'd say i was good considering I've only been doing it such a short period of time, but I wasn't yeah. like great, if that makes sense. Like if you, if there, I don't know if those videos are available online, but ooh, no, I no. I they that's are. Not... <laughs> They're going to be on the Sadasi website very soon. No, okay. Uh, they will absolutely not. Lawsuit pending. <laughs> oh I know you travel God. a lot, but I will find you. Um, <laughs> like... But yeah, oh, then I think. So fast. Five that's months after. 
yeah, five months after that, I did the European Championships, and then a month after that, I opened my studio. Blimey, fast pass, like straight up. Right. No, it was very quick. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do when you just need you need a job. Um, but <laughs> when you hate your office job, when you're sat in sales on the phone and you literally want to just not return every single day, you're like, I need a career change. And there, it just came along. I was like, I'm doing this. Let's do it. And thank the Lord it did. Right. Okay. Let's <laughs> talk a little bit about dancing because when I am... Um, of course, when I'm making my comp routines, when I'm watching comp routines, when I'm just watching anyone, the first and only thing I'm looking at is legs. <laughs> legs for days, honey. And I just feel like as a teacher, as a competitor, as a judge, as a human with eyes, it must be the most frustrating thing half the time, especially if you have a dance background to sort of... Do you ever get this when you're watching someone that's genuinely a great performer or someone has a great concept, but they just have biscuit feet and you're like... Oh. Biscuit feet? I've not heard that one before. You never heard? Biscuits. Just like... Just like no. See, if on the Zoom, I don't know, but it's when your foot's just a little bit this, when it should be this. Oh. Oh, so I call that the eagle claw. And then um, if you kind of, if you point to the ball of your foot, but your toes go up, then that's a floint. <laughs> <laughs> a point or an eagle claw or T-Rex yeah. fingers this happens a lot yeah. well there are a, I mean everybody's got their strengths let's say that and um, <laughs> you're very nice sometimes you sometimes you have the reverse like situation where somebody might be technically perfect but then there's just kind of no spice to it there's mm. just kind of, the, the performance lacks flavor it's technically like very aesthetically pleasing to watch uh -huh. but if we're if we're on a stage if we've got the lights if we've got the audience sometimes people what they're lacking is the showmanship so i think like you got a lot of these things that come into it and it's kind of good to recognize your strengths and weaknesses because first of all then you know which comps to go for and yeah. second of all you know what to work on because um on that note, like once I, when I was going for the Felix Kane Championships to Australia, I took a two hour private with Marlo because she oh, was, cool. she was in England and I was like, oh my God, I'm going down. I'm going to, uh, just uh, get her to help me with the routine. And then basically I just, it was a couple of days before I was meant to fly. So I was like, I'm just going to perform it for you. And then let's just critique it. And then she, I danced it and she said, if I have to be completely honest, I'd leave your dancing and your technical ability like aside. Like, I'm, oh. I'm happy with how you did that. And for for most of the private, what we did is we dissected the routine in terms of what my character was feeling at any given moment or how, oh. like, the, it was very situational. And then she, it was literally like an, probably an hour and a half out of that two hour private was like an acting class. So Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got kind of, you got all of these angles. But when it comes to, yeah, the thing is with the, and lines and stuff like that, even trained dancers when it comes to pole work and, and how exhausting it is and how hard it is and all of that. It, it's a hard job to be absolutely impeccable in terms of your lines and your feet throughout an entire performance. So that's like, yeah. I think something we need to give also people like the benefit that uh, even if you manage to hold it throughout most of your performance, you just know that there's that area for improvement. But I do think it's extremely hard to just ha be technically perfect in your lower body for a full yeah. four minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny actually because I feel like, especially the, the, the routines I've seen, seen you do as well, like there's so many elements of things. Like 
I'm trying to imagine Baby Jacob ballroom dancer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish I still had the outfits. <laughs> oh my god! But f- from what age did you do ballroom? Were you really young? Oh no! So I, I signed myself up when I was 14. So when I was young, young, my parents would uh, try to get me to boy things <laughs> like. Football, Taekwondo, all of that. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. And then I kind of always want... Do you know how I discovered that I wanted to be a dancer? I don't know if you ever saw this show, but it was the Wade Robson project. <gasps> oh my God, I used to live for that. I would. This is when MTV existed, <laughs> when my parents decided to yeah. stop being tight and they got Sky and we had MTV. The Wayne Robson project... Wait, Wayne Robson project was like I would stand in the conservatory and just whatever they did I'd be like ding, 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 yeah. and I couldn't I couldn't do yeah. it I'm not a commercial dancer everyone thinks I'm a, I'm a great like commercial dancer I am not I'm good at sliding around on the floor that's my thing love it I'm not a commercial dancer put me in a hip-hop class and I look like a little child that's lost its mother in a Tesco superstore it's I'm frightened I need to be saved it is not a good like swag who is swag we don't know her. we don't have her it's kind of like quite ironic though when you think like the amount of um, like pole routines that we do that like you like it it comes across as commercial dance but I'm like but this isn't though yeah. like actual commercial mm, dance no. is like something no. but I'm just trying to imagine like I've watched Baby Ballroom <laughs> that's my my most recent um, <laughs> anything to do with ballroom and I can't get my head over the positions of anyone's bodies and like the fingers and the the artistry in in ballroom is any of that. Do you find any flair of that that comes through into your routines in any way somehow? Because I don't feel like I see oh, it, but it must be in it's it. The, it's, it's the body positioning, like you said. We do a lot of um, contrast movements. So, like, let's okay. say if the pelvis moves one way, the chest will use, move the opposite way to kind of balance oh, that that's out. that's when your neck so, looks like it's broken. Like. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, um, and there's, I just think the, I, I see a lot of ballroom in the way I move, personally. Like, like I, there's a lot of pelvic movement in, in my dancing. When I'm not, like, thrashing myself about, uh, then, then I do think there's a lot of that ballroom influence in, like, my more flowy movement. But what yeah. I think is the main, maybe mental thing that I took from ballroom and brought it into pole is I think in pole a lot of people just kind of want to go on to the next more difficult thing straight mm-hmm. away. Like, oh, I did a butterfly. I want to do an extended butterfly. I need to do an Aisha. Like, yeah. they're not thinking of perfecting the foundations before they move on. Whereas if you do ballet, if you do contemporary, if you do ballroom, you can you could have like 30 years of experience and be a professional. You never stop training the basics. Oh, that's you, so true. So true. Like you'll go to um, a super expensive ballroom, like summer camp or whatever, and you have people who are the top of the world in there, you know, like globe. I was never that level, but like global, like fucking legends when it yeah. comes. Can I swear on this? Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, global, like gl- people you look up to and all of you are just, you're dissecting the basic Roomba walks for the millionth time. Yeah. You are doing the basic cha-cha step. Again, for the millionth time, because there's no such thing as doing it absolutely perfectly. And I think that's something that would benefit in terms of especially like extensions, feet, technique, alignment, posture, like so many people who are already at pro and elite level.
level, there's, it's, you're never too good to go back to that and make it look even better. This is so true, you know, because actually I, in, at the moment I'm making a, a new routine for a show I'm doing and I'm, I, in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm elite. I should be doing these like mega tricks, but there's something so beautiful about super basic things looking pretty. And I feel like maybe that alleviates so much artistry sometimes. I feel like especially if you're that person that's maybe you're, you're going up the, the, the ladder of like, I've done advanced, now I'm going to do semi-pro and then it's going to be pro and then it's going to be elite. Like, it's like, I feel like I have to get these massive tricks. And this was my fear for ages yeah. of like, I'm just not technical enough. I can't do enough tricks. And I still bully myself for it. But actually, when it comes to my own personal stuff that's not comp related, I just like nice shapes. Like the thing that everyone like lives for in my aerial pole is when I do a pencil spin. Everyone lives mm. for it. Just because it's, it's technically quite difficult, but I mean, actually, it's just a pencil spinner. I just feel like it's one of the most beautiful shapes the human body yeah. can make. And all it is is being long, being a pencil. Be yeah. a pencil. <laughs> but do you know, in terms of visual impact of movement, um, this is why I always, um, whenever I, let's say, put a piece together and I want some criticism in terms of like, what do you think could be improved? I not only send it to like my friends who do poll, I also send it to people who have nothing to do with poll because Ooh, those are the idea. people that they see shapes, they see directions, they see how your body behaves. And to us, you know, to us, an Allegra, a Jade, a Russian split, a, a Jalegra, those are completely different things to them. They're like, why are you doing a split for the sixth time? I don't get it. You've done a split. I get it. You can do a split. Get over yourself. Like. <laughs> change the shapes um some feedback i got again from marla with a different competition once when i sent her video she's like did you ever notice that you do a lot of straddle straddly shapes in your routine you might want to alternate that and like differentiate it a little yeah. bit so it's uh, honestly if you want like um amazing feedback in terms of showmanship or in terms of um just shapes send your material to people who don't do poll trust me you will get good feedback um, oh yes good top tip though mm. but really because it mm. it's so true because i think anyway even if you think you're a super beginner polar you you're, you're now in it you're in the world and like you've somehow got a very i don't know like i think how do i describe this like if i could live inside my brain of like four years ago when i started doing pole yeah. I, it's kind of laughable, really, what I thought was important. Like, you yeah. know, like, all, all I ever really wanted to do, really, was I wanted a, 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 a discipline so that I could make um, my own shows. Because, like, if you're a dancer and you're in, like, the ensemble, like I was for most of the time, you're just one of 40 people in the back of the stage, just kind of like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not really being there. So it's, like, a great thing to actually just put all, all the fun stuff in it. And all I ever really wanted to do was make theater stuff um, because mm. you've got to play to your strengths. Like, what do you reckon is the best thing that someone can be doing in terms of like, if you're just starting a routine, especially if you're not elite um, and you're like working mm. up that ladder, what do you think is the best way to literally just start from in terms of like, should I be more bothered about my technique? Should I be more bothered about, again, repeating the, the basic things or should I focus on theater? Like, do you have sort of a go-to like, what do you think is a great start? It's definitely um, a combination of both. Uh, I'll lean into it more because I, I, I res uh, respect that that's not a very useful answer. But um, <laughs> one, one thing I'll say in terms of technical ability and basics and all of that, 
which people have probably heard before, it's better to do something that's a little bit easier and execute it perfectly than put in a move that you maybe get twice out of 10 attempts and hoping on the day you're gonna pull it off. Yes. You're much better off just doing something that you know you're gonna be able to do because also you'll, you'll stress less on the day. Um, then there's the showmanship and the theater. And this is gonna depend, the amount of this, the, I'll say like the ratio between one and the other will firstly depend on what competition it is. Is this a competition that focuses on showmanship? Is this the competition that celebrates the X factor over technical ability? Or like, are they 50-50? Yeah. Or are you doing something that's quite, I don't know, sporty, and then there's just one section out of 50 points, you can get 10 for like artistry or whatever, then, you know, that that's going to be different. But um, when choosing your tricks, and I completely relate with you in terms of like how my brain used to think competition wise ages ago, because whenever I had um, anything to do, I would basically be like, this is a list of all of the most impressive things I know how to do. These are the, like the 10 most difficult things I currently know how to do, and I'm going to force them together no matter what. Um, and that's just not the way to do it. Um, no. What I'll say is um, <laughs> never, <laughs> never sacrifice storyline for the sake of a trick. Mm -hmm. I always think storyline is more important. I always think the performance for it to make sense from beginning to end is more important than tossing a fraction out of that out just so you can do another split or another flip or whatever. And it is usually um, that, isn't it? It's normally just another split. <laughs> it's normally another split or like it, it's kind of, the, I don't know if you... Um, if you recognize this as well, but when I'm watching performances, it is very clear to me when a combo flows well together, and it is very clear to me when there's like just this one transition that just doesn't make sense with that. I'm like, oh, you only you only literally did that because you wanted to do that next trick. Yes. You didn't like do it because it flowed well together. You did yes. it because you really wanted to do a fangi afterwards or yeah. something like that, you know? So oh, that's it's because they clear. couldn't do that flip or that trick on that side. So then they had to put a rotation in the spin so they could get onto their good side to do the thing that probably wasn't worth it on the good side. <laughs> Train or climbing sides, up the pole kids. to do one thing and drop down, you know? <laughs> That's another thing. You, you do a climb, you do a swing, you do whatever, you do one drop. Or you do one trick and you're back on the floor. And it's like, well, try to make it make sense, you know? Like, try to make it flow. Try it for it to be kind of a cohesive piece yeah, rather absolutely. than just single element, back down, single element, back down. Like, yeah. you know, you got to look at it as... You wouldn't, I don't know, go to the theater for a performance and then an actor goes out, delivers a line, walks off and then comes back to, like, no, it all needs to make sense together, you know? That's such a good analogy of this. Like, maybe, maybe I, I, I'm thinking of like comp routines that I could do and I really want to do comedy one day, which I know you have done and I haven't, I haven't touched that, that world. I've not done comedy. I've not performed. Oh, wait, no, you yet. haven't. No. Sorry. You know what? No, you I haven't. Have not. No. It's because I was having so much fun watching the, the, the exotic piece that you did uh, in um, uh, Paul Theatre. Which I thought was uh, like, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was comic, but it isn't. But I think I was probably already drunk by that point because I'd already done mine. So I was like, bye, <laughs> see you. Um, but I feel like maybe that's it. Maybe I should do a whole routine based on exactly what you're saying. Like maybe I should rock up, go up the pole, drop and be like, do all the I'm, things I'm that go wrong. <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to have to have this podcast playing in the background for that to make sense to anyone. Yeah, I but yeah, it's like, it's like watching a comedy so well. movie. 
<laughs> yeah, like it's watching a comedy movie and it's just a compilation of only the funniest bits and there's no story in between and the whole the, the whole movie's five minutes long. Like, no, that's not how things work. You gotta lead things into other things. <laughs> Essentially, what you're saying is people are creating like entire poll pol routines that are just memes <laughs> of tricks. Yeah, like an entire routine <laughs> is like a, a display of five tricks and everything else is just a build up. Like you can tell that this like... I wanted this trick to be here, I wanted this trick to be here, I wanted this trick to be here, and in between, I didn't know what to do, <laughs> so I did a bit of floor work, I walked up to the pole. Like, you know, it, you can tell when it's not planned out, you really can. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, in terms of that, actually, then, you mentioned something about like choosing the right comps that are for the yeah. right person and the right body. like. Do you think, actually, I was thinking about this when we were talking, like, if there are enough comps that do what we want them to do, because I feel like, I was, I was, I was chatting with a student today, actually, and they're contemplating a very intense pole routine, a uh, theatre routine, mm -hmm. and they would, the way they were talking about it, I was like, this is an incredible routine, but I don't know if it's going to be okay, because the subject matter is really dark, like, I won't say anything else, but it's a very dark subject matter, yeah. and I'm thinking, like, you know what, like, Pole theatre, I think, is great because you do have the option to do anyway four different types of things, but it's also definitely not a sports show. That's not what it is. Yeah. And I think some people yeah. do make that mistake because I think they want to get all their tricks in. Like, if you want to do a sports something, then you need to be doing, um, oh, my God, what is it called? Finish a sentence. IPSF? There we go. Yeah, like, there we go. I'm like, I'm too dyslexic to uh, name that title. But like, <laughs> ABCD something poor. And <laughs> like, I would never do a sports anything, even if I managed to make five minutes of the most clean things in the world because it just doesn't feed my soul at all. Mm. Like, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that we have enough of the right comps or do you think there's a comp that doesn't quite exist yet that would actually feed a market that maybe isn't there yet that's a very good question because um you would you i mean maybe it's a biased opinion because i'm just i've become accustomed to what's available mm. having also never organized anything myself <laughs> um but there are there definitely will be maybe if it doesn't roll off then my tongue right now there definitely will be some kind of niche that needs filling which is why there are still new comps being created. Like there were a lot that just happened recently because obviously they were pre-lockdown. Um, yeah. So then they went ahead with different types of, types of categories and things that maybe um, weren't available before. But I think there's definitely, there's always room for progress, you know? And there's always, I, I think it's very important for everybody to have some kind of stage available to sure. them. To, to what they want to do. But I mean, you've got floor work competitions, you've got... You've got more heels-based ones. You've got the performance ones. You've got the technical ones. You've got, like, I'd say the main things are pretty much covered. But with enough thought, I'm sure we can still come up with more, probably. probably. <laughs> what I a very political that. answer. <laughs> no, no, but I think it's quite, I don't know, like, it's, um, I was chatting about it, like, a, a little while ago. I feel like there is somehow, I don't know what this comp would be called, a comp that, is purely for really big performance like as if like somehow the 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 the, 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 uh, the points for 
performance and showmanship are literally the highest marks like yeah because you know i always think this especially in pole theater like you see some standout acts that are just like wow that's like i could have been to an actual like circus show to have seen that or i could have been to a comedy show to have seen that and somehow they they, i feel like they could have been in a whole different show like i wonder if that's a comp that we could that could exist like literally it's for the most like even to get into this comp you have to just serve the most exciting like energetic something like that might be something that maybe if someone likes to make that comp i would be in it <laughs> that that sounds i like the sound of that because um like i think it would be cool for like one of the requirements when you do a submission video or well it depends what the criteria are to also take into the account um the idea. Like, how original is this idea? How entertaining is this idea? Yeah. So, I think there's a lot of... Th- there's also people... People have crazy ideas that are amazing, and sometimes they just don't have the opportunity to put that on a stage because either they don't... Because of the technicality of some competitions, I'm assuming, yeah. maybe they just can't get in, you know? Yeah, Whereas it's true, yeah. If it was like a show like even if it wasn't a competition if it was like i was gonna do something like this in the north um i didn't get around to doing it because uh i've not got enough going on as you know because um, zelda <laughs> because zelda because breath of the wild sorry um are are you going to expel calamity ganon sophie i don't think you are so if you're not doing anything about the issue leave it in the hands of the pros please i i can't believe how, how long we watched this video of this this anyway anyway side note video games for anyone that's wondering what's going on <laughs> yes video games love video games um back to uh, so we have a studio showcase every year in the winter mm. and then it doesn't matter really what you put out there in terms of technical ability because it's for it's mainly for students it's for students to be able yeah. to prepare something and you know and it doesn't matter they're not being judged nothing like that <laughs> but the ideas they come up with and the performances they put out are just amazing and then i thought how cool would it be if we did like made this a whole day thing like because there are a lot of people let's face it who love to perform but don't like to compete you know sometimes you just want to put a piece out there and you're not bothered about getting scored on it or Mm -hmm. potentially winning something for it you just want to create something and you want to put it out into the world and i think that's something we're lacking we have our small showcases but we don't have like something the size of pole theater or exotic generation or anything like that that's not judged that's very true like how why is it just like a giant showcase of just like the, the best stuff that's around that's fun you know like yeah buy a ticket like to the theater we'll have an interval it'll oh be great there'll be drinks <laughs> yay yes <laughs> because in comps normally there isn't any but like, <laughs> but actually though it's like it's it's the enjoyment of it. like you were saying before like you you've got to really get something out of your your comp creation and i think showcases are totally that like because it is nice it's a friendly environment and it's like you said i I think at least i think you said like the first thing you ever made was was a showcase piece for your studio and exactly the same thing for me like i'd been doing pole dancing for about eight weeks by this point and it was my teacher because she knew anyway i was a dancer she's like just go out just dance like it doesn't matter like no one no one really Mm -hmm. cares everyone just want to see you dance i was like yeah Yeah. i guess so and i'm also like yes i'm a professional dancer and somehow i'm too scared to do a showcase sophie okay yes yes you can probably put something together and that piece was my first piece that i then put into a comp 
which then led me to the world of comms. So if it wasn't for that teacher being like, what, what are you so freaking out about? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, it, and, and that I, eliminates and that question you were asking before. Like, oh, do I sacrifice? Like, is the difficulty of the trick important? Do I take a chunk out of my showcase, like factor of my routine just to be able to do another trick? And then automatically that question disappears. Because let's face it, like if you're going for a competition and if you are a naturally competitive person and you are there maybe with the aim to, to try and win, uh-huh. um, then you're going to be thinking sometimes like, oh, but if I take this out, I know this other person's super bendy. So I have to show that I'm also bendy because otherwise <laughs> I'll score lower in flexibility. And you, you compare yourself, <laughs> like whether you want to or not, you do yeah. do that, you know? For sure. Um, or, you, or you do the opposite. It's like, oh, I know I'm the most flexible person in my entire category. So I'm going to make sure that I really show that. So I yeah. score the most points in this. And, you know, everyone's going to play to their strengths. But when it's all about the audience and giving them the best time and putting on a performance, all of that goes out the door. You don't have to worry about that, you know? It's so true. I think that's another big, beautiful part of showcase. We have to do something. Northern showcase. Just a northern showcase. Like, what, what would be the... Uh... What would be the venue? Where would you go for that? <gasps> I don't know. I'd have to research. Because obviously, if you're going to do, like, the, if the whole event's about having a showcase, you need to have, you got to got the lights. You got to have, yeah. you got to have a smoke machine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing that I really, like, going, going back to the question about, like, what comp are we missing? We are missing a comp that gives you actual tech, like, actual. Because there's, there's so... I get so frustrated when I've got these ideas I want to do in my head. And like, there's a couple of things I want to do with lighting. And even if it's just as basic as like a, a blackout or like I need this color in this moment. But obviously yeah. when you rock up on comp day, for anyone that hasn't done a comp, FYI, you rock up, you give someone that's normally called either Tim, Dan, Dave, or Steve, um, <laughs> your music <laughs> and say, it would be nice to have a general wash of uh, pink maybe. And they go, will this be all right? And you go, yep. That, yep, nice one. Thank you. That's that's basically tech for for comps, and that's so frustrating. Yeah, the, like you'll the... be able to change it. Like it, <laughs> I think that the extent to which you can go is like, oh, at two minutes thirty-seven, can the light change to green? Yes, that's when my music changes. And so, but you don't really have the strobes. You don't have the. I've had pieces where I'm like, I need the lights to completely go out for two seconds, and they said, no, that's not possible. Which <laughs> I get from like, imagine having to handle that many people on one day, so many categories, of course you need to keep it to a place that's manageable. So I I do, and also like, um, it's a big commitment to organize a competition and I get that like, you're not gonna be spending 30,000 pounds on a theater because that just just wouldn't be realistic. Like how would you fill that? How would you, nobody's gonna pay that out of pocket, you know? So um, I do get it from that perspective, but as a performer, it's like, I just wish I could do whatever I wanted. And then I want UV lights and I want neons <laughs> and I want 30 backup dancers, please. Oh my god. But that's gosh. like, that's living in my fantasy world in my head. It is, no, it's so weird though, because like, I mean, to talk about professional theater for a second, like tech days are the longest, most boring days of the putting stuff on stage, which I've, as a geek, I've always enjoyed. Cause as long as I'm in a theater, I just feel good about it. But it's like, mm. the reality is, can you move three centimeters over there? <laughs> yes, that light's good. Actually, oh, one centimeter back. No, that's good. That's actual tech. So I completely understand why, but yeah. it would be such a pleasure to, yeah, literally get some haze at least, or uh, like, I, I like that you mentioned strobe because I've had the opposite where I requested for definitely no strobe, please. And they got that as I will strobe all the time. 
and I was literally <laughs> it was like the most aggressive like contemporary routine I've ever done in my life I was like what is happening here but still but anyway it definitely does though like I like that you mentioned about you've got to enjoy it even from if you're doing a, a, a uh, uh, sorry, not workshop. A showcase. Comp. Showcase. Thank you. Because like, I do feel like the biggest issue when I'm speaking with uh, students or helping to choreograph stuff is the pressure that everyone puts on themselves to make these routines. And I, in a nutshell, and I've definitely said this on another podcast before, it is important that we're making things, and you should feel like your pole routine is important. But in reality, we are pole dancing. It's not that big. <laughs> Like, if you're having a You are dancing time. on a piece of metal. Get over yourself. We are not curing cancer. Like, have a good time. People take it so... Like, you know, it's our job, all of that. But whenever I have, like, let's say even students in class who get so frustrated with themselves because something doesn't work out, it's like, you are here to have a good time. This is your hobby. You came here because you love it. You're dancing on a piece of metal. I know. Girl. Almost naked. The world's not going to fall apart. Yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to die if the trick doesn't work out the first time you try it. But yeah. it's the same thing with comps. Like, you need to find something that you're gonna enjoy because um you're not always gonna win nobody always wins it's just that's that's how things just work you know and yeah. like you it's just the whole psychological side of it changes when you're creating something that you are proud of or something that you are Definitely. enjoying creating you know that like i you mentioned that you did you wouldn't do pole sport um mm -hmm. And that's the reason I stopped doing pole sport. It, it was pretty much, it was just that or some pole arts that you could yeah. uh, apply for back then. And I would do the pole sport ones, but I would genuinely not enjoy the process because yeah. it was all very mathematical. You have to do this trick and you have to hold it for a count of two or three. And then you have to do this trick. It was, it was like, Ooh. I don't know. It was like a math exam to, to do it. And then the artistry is very like, you could do something, but it's, again, you, you, you weren't allowed to be off the pole for more than at like 30 seconds or whatever throughout the whole thing. So, um, and then obviously you get so many combo like bonuses that if you do this to this, to this, to this, to this, you get plus however many points. So then you don't want to waste time just, yeah. you know, being artistic when you could score three bonus points by doing some regrips in that time. So I get it. It's a more, yeah. it's a, just a different type of comp and it just wasn't for me. Some people, like some of my friends absolutely love it and they thrive for it because they like the sportsmanship of it and sure. they like that, that athletic part of it. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's, I admire it. It's just not my thing, you know? So I yeah. would rather dance and perform and do, I definitely am a stage hoe. Like I would want to <laughs> put on something that I would enjoy watching back if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Because like, um, I, I don't want, what the heck is, can you hear my dog? Is somebody inflating a mattress? <laughs> is that your dog? <laughs> He's like, this is just gently sneezing on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, buddy. <laughs> the glory of doing podcasts in your house yep that's just axel that's just axel just literally having a small sneezing fit behind us you just want to be part of the part of the thing oh my lord i completely lost lost straight of what we're doing now ah there we go i like yeah i was saying like um i used to be a swimmer when i was a kid right and the reason why i stopped oh. doing that was because swimming is just like 
you just swim. You just go. That you your one job is to go fast. Like that's, that's literally it. I can't oh. imagine. Like, I could zone out when I was swimming, even though I was going as fast as possible, and like my technique was lovely yeah. and everything. Right? You can zone out. You can just like go into a different place. I can't imagine. Um, having a pole routine where I'm actually able to talk, think about anything other than the the character that I've made or, you know, and, and the fun of it, like back to the enjoyment thing, like I love making characters because they're so silly yeah. and, it, you know, it, there's something so wonderful about the fact that we've decided in whatever character that I've made that, that the pole has become whatever I've need, I need it to become, which obviously in the yeah. realm of the world doesn't exist. So like, it's such an honor and a pleasure really to give yourself five minutes of everyone's time to be like, hey, I just spent the last six months thinking, making, even having the, the idea of this, and I've got five minutes to show you how much fun I've actually been having for the last six months rather than, yeah. oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, I got injured and then this happened and then I, I felt this trick. And you know what? Like, it, it is important to, to give yourself goals, but it's just like, yeah, don't forget this is your hobby, man. This is, this is just fun. This is just fun. Yeah. It's okay. And it's okay to fail and it's okay to not come first. Like, we've both had yes. lots of successes, which is lovely, but we've also not won comps before. And, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a bit of a slap in the face and because you, you you know you did put all this effort in and stuff so it's definitely but so worth... did everybody else but so, so did, did everybody, everybody else. else exactly and one quote I'll, i actually heard a while ago um which again if people are like fixated on like first place first place first place like there's often people say like oh they lost the gold or oh they lost first place it's like no they won second place those are two very different things you know that's very true yeah. So that's one thing. Or even if you don't place, because some competitions you just have the winner. You don't have a yeah. second, third, or whatever. You, you don't find out. So uh, it's, again, if your objective was to put, like, this little idea that you cultivated in your mind, this character or whatever it is that you want to put out on there, you're going to be so hyped about just showing that to the world that it's like, I did it. Whatever the outcome is now is out of my control. I did what I could do. Nothing that I do now will change what happens in a couple of hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's just, um, it's just that mindset. I, I don't, I'm not saying it's bad to be competitive. I'm a naturally competitive person. Oh, and and course, I, if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not, I don't want to sit here like and say something that's not true, which is like, oh yeah, I just go to enjoy myself. I always hope <laughs> I'm going to win. I yes. always hope I'm going to win because I'm a competitive person. I've been in competitions in so many different things throughout my entire life, whether that, even poetry recital competitions, everything. <laughs> and like in school, I would go to all of the maths competitions, physics competitions. I just, I just liked it. Yeah. Um, so, and also um, maybe before a couple of years ago, before social media became such a strong drive in mm. all of these creative um, communities, competitions were the way you launched your yeah. career. Let's face it. Like True. before Instagram 100%. was big and all of that, like, of course you could have made it by having a viral performance on YouTube. Sure. You could have um, made it by, well, Facebook wasn't, was never really that much of a platform, but there were ways to kind of show people that you're good at what you do that you're different and it's it's you know good it, it's something to look at to look at and like maybe want to learn yourself but for sure for most of people who travel and make a living out of pole especially if these are people who teach workshops or whatever 
the main way back in the day to do it was to win a big competition because there also weren't that many around. Now we have like, um, when I, uh, I was surprised at how many you have in the UK because when I lived in mm. Poland, before I moved over, we had like one or two competitions a year. Like that was it. Wow. And yeah, at the beginning it was just the Polish championships, everyone against everyone. Then they divided that into like new face and people who have already done it before. But then all of the other ones, it's like, okay, maybe you have categories, but mm. there's this one comp that's not the Polish championships that's happening in the year. So all of the, everyone wants to do it. Wow. So the chance of getting in was very slim. And then I came here and like, you have regional competitions, you have this. I'm like, every weekend you have something going on. There's honestly something for everyone. So just in case you think there's not enough going on, trust me, you have a lot more than people have abroad. That's one thing I'm going to tell you. Cause we, we didn't have, like, it doesn't matter if you were, if you've been doing pole for a year, like you might've been against people who were, you know, current like top three in the country or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. It's and it's fun actually because like I can see it now with a couple of people that are coming up like um, coming up like I've been in this industry for years or something but like it's just like it's nice to see people that you can already tell like um, they're in like a regional comp or they're doing like um, like the amateur professional or whatever and they're very talented and you're like they could have probably done semi pro maybe even pro yeah. and i guess yeah. like this I, I think it's really good though because when you first start i think for the most part most people are humble like you said you can still be super competitive but also be quite humble yeah. about what you're making so i think it's lovely because mm -hmm. i did exactly the same thing like when i did my first comp it was like okay let's see what's happening like just sort of whatever mm -hmm. and then i rocked up into the uk and did uk ppc which i didn't know anything about all i'd ever heard about was pole theater and i knew that that was a big mm. deal uk pbc didn't have a clue had no idea what this meant blah 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 <laughs> i just like it's a big up. one <laughs> it's a big one and i didn't know that and like it was it was just like a great thing because i i just won the one that I, di I did in hong kong like the sort of not well it wasn't really amateur or pro or anything it was just like mm. you know there um so like it's really fun to like to know everything you can about Paul, but I think there's something really fun about not knowing anything and just being like, eh. <laughs> yellow. <Just, laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this. I think there's something fun. Like I, I definitely like when I get into a category with people as well. Um, I've I really never check anyone's Instagram, and that's um, mm. mostly because I actually just don't want. I just don't really want to. But two is because, and I, and I do mean this in the nicest way that I could possibly put it out there. I actually just don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Because what can I do about it? Nothing. See, <laughs> I completely understand that. I want, I agree with the logic of what you just said. Um, but. Would I adapt that logic? Absolutely not. I am too nosy. I am too snoopy. I'm like, I must. No, it's not going to change anything and how I prepare <laughs> what my body is capable of doing or anything. It's literally no. going to change probably nothing. But... <laughs> Still, I'm gonna want to know. I don't know. I'm just too, I'm just too nosy. I have to know. I wish I had that ability to just be like, I'll just, I'll just rock up on the day. I'll just, I'll, I'll take my back. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I have, I have like a, a little bit, like maybe looked at one other person in the category. But within the first second of me watching anything they're doing, I'm either being like, oh my god, they seem to be really good at that thing. But obviously, it's yeah. also Instagram bullshit because we only ever put the best things we've ever done. Of course. That. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. looks great. Yeah. But also, if I see them and they do something that I think is actually not that great, then I'm an absolute bitch because I'm like, oh, whatevs, be fine. 
which is, I think, is a horrible, horrible way to think about anything. Like, I don't think it's okay to feel like you're better than anyone because on the day, it's a level playing field, as far as I'm concerned, because you don't know what they've been training. Like, you know, they could have been in the studio every day. Someone else could have got injured, like, just on the day. Like, the poles are doing something weird or it smells weird or they heard something or they got a horrible phone call that day. Like, you, you know what I mean? That you don't know. Yeah. So that's also the reason I, I think it's my own safety of just being like, don't look because <laughs> you don't yeah. want to feel like you're not as good, but I think it's worse to feel like you think you're better. <laughs> Cause I don't, I find that like think- a negative thing. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, I'd say you don't want to be on either far side of that spectrum. Like, don't put yourself above your competitors. No. But don't also tell yourself, oh, my God, they're all so much better than me. Like, (laughs) I don't stand a chance. They're going to absolutely destroy me because that's just not true, you know? And like you said, there are so many variables on the day, so many variables um, that anything can happen. And, you know, you kind of just... I I find one thing with routines as well. (laughs) If you've created an idea, because this is what can put you down in the the period that's closest to the competition. If you've created an idea, if you've created a routine, obviously you're going to be drilling that routine relentlessly to get it as clean and as perfect as possible before the day. But because you do it so much and you listen to that music so much and you're accustomed to that idea already, throughout all of those months, it's suddenly what initially, when that, on day one you thought this up and created that routine, you were like, oh my God, this is sick. I can't wait to show people this routine. I'm so psyched about this. And then you find yourself a couple of weeks before the competition thinking, oh my God, is this shit? Is it bad? Is this even <laughs> impressive? Like, are people even gonna like this? When three months ago, you were absolutely Living psyched about what you meant. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think if you get too much in your head, it's just, yeah, at the end of yourself. the day, yeah, no matter if you're competitive or not, uh, I don't think it's bad to want to win. I don't think it's good to want to win. It's The competition's whatever you want it to be for you. Let's just yeah. say it that way. But just don't overthink it. Try to have a good time. Um, once, like, Focus all of your energy on getting out of that time on stage what you wanted. What Did you just want to have fun? Did you want to put on an amazing yeah. performance? Did you want to show everybody your technical ability? What did you want from that? Focus on getting that. Once you've done that, everything else is out of your control. Don't worry about the results. Don't worry about all of those other things because you will just drive yourself crazy. <laughs> And that's the end of today's episode. So join me again for part two of my lovely interview with Jacob Colasa. We will be talking more into judging various things we like to look for and just all the do's and don'ts that you need to know about your competition routines. So make sure you tune in to the Public Showroom podcast with me, Sophie Duncan. I will see you next time. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showroom podcast, you have to experience Sadasi www.soduncan.com slash sadasi it's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering plus so much more it's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work it's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more and it's where you can hang out and chat with other sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.